All right, all right, we back. It's another episode. Another episode of Weapons of War. Last time we left off, gave y'all a little insight on toxic masculinity. Touched a little bit on new masculinity, but today we have an in-studio guest. We have the one and only Mr. Jason Hart, co-founder of Live Hart Strong, and also if you want to catch him and his wife speaking on how to get your marriage right, you could also look for his podcast, Rehab My Marriage. He'll, I'll let him talk about that. So you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Mr. Hart. Man, I appreciate you having me on, man. My name is Jason Hart. And I say I am a marriage coach along with my wife, Lucinda Hart. Live Hart Strong Marriage Coaching. We've been, in, been doing it for about three years now. And we love it, man. Just got the podcast going, you know, Rehab My Marriage podcast. And that's a weekly podcast we do, man, just helping couples restore their marriages, man, and keep uh, couples from really going to choose divorce as an option. Our main focus is to make sure that you get to reach your maximum potential in your relationship so that you can be that God, all that God's called you to be. And that's our main focus, man. So I'm happy to be on here with you, man, on the Weapons of War podcast. I'm looking forward to this awesome dynamic conversation we're about to get into, man. It's going to be great. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, we... We living in a world now where marriage is more taboo, you know, and from the man aspect, men are not committing. Men are, they, they got their boo, they got their right, babe, right. you know, it's a wifey world, but, you know, everybody want to rent the cow. I'm not calling women cows, so please don't, <laughs> <laughs> please, don't, don't, don't <laughs> please, please don't give me that, but you know, what, what's going on? Why why are men not want to take that step into marriage and they just want to stay in that, you know, dating world? Well, it's like you say, you know, sometimes marriage is like it's taboo. But not only that, relationships are like a fad. It's like something you just do, but it's not, there's no really no, no real commitment to it. There's no real understanding of it. So a lot of people don't really understand what they're getting into when they come into a relationship. They're just looking at it as this is my next step in life. This is the next phase in life. This is not what... But then I really understanding the totality of it and the severity of being in a marriage. And I mean by severity, I mean that understanding the how fundamental it is to develop you creating something brand new that's not never been never before seen in the earth, which is a new family. So what happens is many people are looking at, especially men, we're looking at relationships from the standpoint of how can I get something out of this? And a lot of people are incomplete. So now they're jumping into relationships, they're not complete. Like you talked about last week. They don't understand what masculinity really is. So they're jumping into something because this is what they see on TV. This is what they see the world doing. But there's no true understanding of what really, really means to be a husband and what it means to be in a kingdom relationship. It's just something to do. Okay. Wait, I'm glad you said that. You, you said something just a second ago about people not being complete. Clearly, we know you're not talking about being a half a person because you're a whole person. But right. you hear this thing in... Well, I don't agree with it, but I'm, I want to get your take on it where when you go into a marriage is 50-50 or, you know, I say we live in a Hallmark generation because you have all these people, the Jerry Maguire gang, you complete me, you know, you're <laughs> right. my better half. And while I think that's nice for, th- you know, for Christmas cards, for Valentine cards and birthdays, but in actuality, does does my wife complete me? You know, does she make me whole or? What what is what does that completeness mean? As you said that, you know what popped into my head? If you ever got hired at a job mm-hmm. and you told the boss, hey, I want to go do fifty percent of the work, 
You got the better fifty percent. What happened? You get fired. <laughs> you probably won't get hired at all. <laughs> it's the same thing in marriage. Like we come in, you can't have that mentality because the thing about it, because we don't know who we are, we're looking for somebody to complete us. And then based off our the parental background, whether the father was in the home or the mother was in the home, regardless of which way it may be for you or anyone out there, even if you have both parents in the home, that all plays a part into a spouse that you're looking for. And so what happens is you're looking for somebody to complete you and make you feel whole, give you what you didn't give from your parents. And what you come to discover is that there's nobody out there like that. And so now we get into relationships where we, we, have this, we have the mindset, well, you have to complete me. You have to make me feel whole. I'm so in love with you. You have to be this person for me. But the spouse cannot be for you anything more than who they are. Because when they come into it with the same mindset from a logical standpoint, two incomplete people can't make a, a complete person. They're still incomplete. Because why? That means there's something else that's still missing. There's something that has not been complete or not been healed from the past and not trying to bring into the marriage. And if the other person is still struggling with their own thing, how are they going to give you an answer? <laughs> so logically, it doesn't even make any sense. But at the same time, that's what's portrayed. It's, it's, it's looked at as marriage, looked at as, um, hey, this is something you do because this is just the next step of your life. This is the next phase of your life. Once you get married, man, then you can get the house. Once you get the house and you have two kids and you get the car and the minivan and it's like there, it's phases, but nobody really understands like what it takes to really make a marriage work and to make it not only to make it work, but to make it healthy. Okay, so I, I get that. And I feel you because I, I say just talking to people, marriage is just like a tick in the, in the timeline of life, you know? Yeah. Man, I thought I would, I thought I would have been married by 35. I thought I would have yep. been. And, and if that's your only reason to get married is to say that, you know, I feel like at 30, you should be married. And I guess that's not a good thing to have. Right. Not good, a good aspect to have, mindset. But what I want to ask you is, since Mark from Ash, we're about the male empowerment, mm-hmm. how important do you think it is for the man to go into a marriage complete, or at least knowing who he is? Not saying that it's not okay for the woman to come in anyway, or she doesn't need to be complete. But just speaking from the male aspect, how important is it for the male being the head of the household to know who he is, or at least be trending in the in the direction of figuring out who he is? Right. The reason why it's so important is because at the end of the day, you have to look at it and say, what am I offering to somebody to be willing to follow me? What am I putting out there for them to say, hey, I want to, I want to follow you. I want to follow your dream, your vision. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of men out there that don't have a vision. There's a lot of men out there that have purpose. So they go into a relationship without that. And a lot of times the things that we, we, we discover, my wife and I, when we're coaching our clients is that because there was no understanding of where they were going, because the man had, didn't have any vision, the man didn't understand his identity. He's still struggling with his own thing. It caused the wife to feel insecure. Not only insecure, it caused her to feel like she, it, was, it was not safe to grow and develop and to be her own person, right? And it's an unfortunate thing I've heard somebody say before that my wife completed me. What's my wife? She raised me. And my wife, she's the one who birthed me. And she, no, you were incomplete. <laughs> Christ is supposed to do that for you. Now, what happens is, is that our, we can use our spouse as a crutch. And then what happens is when they don't give us what we want, we'll blame them. So for the reason why it's so important for men to really understand who they are and understand their purpose because if you have no assignment, no vision, then what are you creating? Because everything starts, the vision of the house starts with the man, 
God created Adam first and gave Adam division. This is what you're going to do. You're going to work in the garden. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Here's the law. Here's the commandment. So everything came with Adam first. Then Eve was created afterwards, which means that a man doesn't have understand who, the, who he is. A man does not have an understanding of his purpose in life, what he's called to do. He's going to look for the woman to give him that. Okay, just to get your opinion on this, what do you have to say to those people who say literally what you just said is old-fashioned and, you know, that's how it used to be, the man ahead and he did this and that. But now in 2019, in this generation, that there's no hierarchy in the marriage. I'm equal to you and you equal to me. And we're, we're just going at it like this. I would say they're right because that's coming from a worldly perspective. But if my foundation is a biblical perspective, it has nothing to do with being a uh, male chauvinist or being, you know, uh, like man really superior overall. It's not about that. What it's saying is that, hey, there is a there is a system. There's a pattern that's already existed. And if you follow the pattern, success will follow. So the problem is we try to create our own path. We try to break away from the pattern that's already there and then input our own system into it. And it doesn't work out. So that's why a lot of marriages in the world are not workable. Because they're still trying to fashion a pattern off of somebody else's dysfunction. So it's like, how can somebody that's dysfunctional in the area try to tell you how to fix that area? And they're still dysfunctional. You mm-hmm. see, so if somebody comes to me, and I know they're not saved, I know they have no criminal principles, and they're trying to coach me about marriage, I'm like, but you're dysfunctional yourself. How are you going to tell me? So at the end of the day, what you have to look at is say, hey, it's not about who is who as far as position-wise. From a naturalistic standpoint, from a biblical standpoint, there is an order. God, Christ, man, woman, and children. Now, that also does not mean that a woman cannot have a vision. It also does not mean a woman cannot have her purpose because God gives everybody purpose and vision. But what happens is when you connect with a person whose vision can line up with yours, you can create a, better, a bigger vision. So what happens sometimes though, when a man doesn't have his vision, he doesn't understand what he wants to do, but the wife, she may meet somebody that's a go-getter, right? May not have a degree, may have a division, own business. Yeah, they're going to be dominating the relationship, dominating the, uh, dominating the space of the relationship, and the husband's going to feel demasculated. He's going to feel worthy, less than, and he becomes more ahabic in his nature. He becomes more, well, whatever you want to do happens. I'll, you can do that. That's fine. You run the show kind of deal. But it's really backwards because while God is looking for men to rise up to be able to not only withhold his covenant but to show forth his glory in the earth, right? And you only can do that within the marriage. So it takes a man to be willing to say, I'm being comfortable with who I am, and my own space, and my own skin, to be who I'm called to be. At the same time, I want, I want to partner with my wife that we can create something together. Now, the system is a system, so you can't break the system, right? You can't break the laws and the principles. You're going to break yourself against the law and the principle, right? So at the end of the day, we're, it's not about who, uh, being a male chauvinist or women. You know, you got a old-fashioned, no, it's a little bit of a biblical principle. Times have changed. Things have changed dramatically. But the biblical principle still holds true, that this, this is the function, this is the way that God created marriage to be. All right, we're saying that do you believe that times have changed and things have changed because people are entering into something that was brought to us biblically, foundationally from God, and are misappropriating their roles and abusing the system? Because here we are speaking about men not being completing themselves, not knowing who they are, not knowing what their purpose is and the plan is for their life. So when you have this man who is basically just naive to his purpose, entering into something that is ordained by God that has specific roles and purposes for each other, and you don't know that, could that damage the system per se? In a way, yes, because what happens is, or what came to my mind as you were saying is that 
when you don't have understand not only just the roles and responsibility as far as being a husband and a wife, but what happens is when you when you're a man and you don't know who you really are, you don't know what God has called you to be, you don't understand your function and your assignment on earth, you can literally set back your spouse because now what what are you, how are you leading them? How are you bringing them to a place of understanding of now helping them become who they are? So what happens is a man you can actually can be the one who actually causes the dysfunction in your family. Because now the roles, there is no clearly defined roles, which means there's no clearly defined boundaries, which also means there's no, there's no clearly defined identity. So all the world is really going through identity crisis. Everybody's trying to figure out who they are. So not only from a uh, Christian standpoint, biblical standpoint, but just from a naturalist standpoint, people are trying to figure things out, who they are, who they're going to be. So we chase after this fad, we chase after that fad. So now men, we don't understand who you are and what God's <clears throat> called you to do, what's going to happen is, is you're going to look for something else to give you a model. So we're always looking from without to give us a model or something to follow that we can begin to pattern our life after. But the foundation is not secure. If the foundation is not true within itself. It's not authentic. Then you're going to build a faulty foundation and you're going to end up building a fake life, a fake persona. You're going to end up be walking in a mask and showing off this persona, which is not really you. And now everybody in the house is, is going to be doing the same thing. So the wife's gonna put up her mask, the husband's gonna put up his mask, the children gonna have, they're gonna wear masks because they're only gonna do what they see their parents do, and now there's total dysfunction in chaos within the home. Okay, I, I get that. And then also, we see that God gave Adam Eve to be a helpmeet, which means she was there to help him meet a goal. Yes. So if a man enters into a relationship with a woman yes. and he has no vision, no goal, he is basically stunting her purpose because her purpose in this marriage, at least one of her purposes, aside from her own personal vision, is to help him with his vision. Mm-hmm. So when you don't give her a vision to work with, then you basically, she's frustrated because she doesn't have anything to do. Yep. And it just in a more natural word, it's like, you know, you bring home the bacon and the woman put the heat to it. I'm bringing you something. <laughs> And you taking it in the kitchen and whipping it into what it is. Again, not saying a woman needs to be in the kitchen, just using that as an example. So if I give you the vision, God gives me a vision as a man, and I present it to my wife, it's going to ignite something in her that's going to cause her to attach to this vision and make it help it come into fruition, me and her together. Right. Because what happens is when a man doesn't have a vision, understanding what God has given him, because God gives every man a vision for their family. So the Bible says when there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. So if a man comes into a relationship and has no vision, then what, restru- what, what structure is going to be in a home? There's not going to be there's, there's not going to be any order or set way of doing things. There's, there's not going to be a, a certain pattern to follow. Everybody's going to be kind of doing their own thing. And like you said, not only is will she feel insecure within herself, she'll feel insecure about you as a man. Because truth be told. A woman is going, regardless of what they may believe, regardless of what the world may say, in a marriage, the wife is still going to look at the husband like, okay, where are we going next? What's the next step? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Not the well, you know what, so you're going to be lazy, I'm going to do all the work, I'm going to take care of the business, I'm going to do, I'm going to pay all the, I'm going to do everything myself. No. They're going to look and say, hey, so where are we going next? No matter how it functions, no matter how it looks like, even uh, those, those marriages that are not, you know, uh, Christian based, whatever you want to call them. At the end of the day, they still function the same kind of way. Even those who decide that, you know what, hey, I can be gay. There's still this, 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 at the end of the day, you can't take out some of those same functions. There's still going to be one who's going to be a more male dominant, all right, and then one more female dominant, 
right? Now, how, how that works out, how it works out. But in the day, no one can escape it. You can't escape it. So it's not about the old-fashioned way. It's not about, you know, what the culture says. It's like, end of the day, this is how God created us to be. So really function how God's created us to be. But, of course, it's in nature, throwing monkey wrench and all that. So, hmm. Yeah, because we, we are in this society where marriage is, well, from the worldly aspect, marriage is no longer this thing between a man and a woman. It's just two people coming together. But we believe, you know, based on our Christian belief that marriage is between one man and one woman. Right. So when you do see these marriages who are basically man and woman, but they're not working because... Either the man doesn't know his purpose or he's trying to walk in his purpose, but he's with a woman who doesn't want him to be that man. Because we see we have women in relationships now who are who caught that independent bug. Right. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with you as a woman if you have your business, if you're doing this. But, you know, when you get home and you're like, I make all the money. So, you know, I'm, I'm the head of this household. So does whoever make the most money, does that dictate <laughs> you being over me now? For some I do. For some it really does, man. So what do you say if you're the man in this relationship? Because I don't believe how much you make dictates who's the head of the household because if you make more than me, great. It's still bringing it into the household that I'm the head of. What would you say to the man who is attempting to be the man of the house, but yet he's married to a woman who is domineering. Put me on the spot, huh? Now, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, what I would say to that is that if there's a man who is like that, who feels like there's something more he wants to do, and he may not be able to do it, the question is then is that you have to find some help. So to me, you have to get a mentor or somebody who really show, show you and help you on the way to get where you want to go to. Because a lot of times, men, we like, we like, we may like vision, we may like purpose, because we don't understand what we call it to be. But a mentor can help you unlock your destiny. And I discovered personally, just as you have, is that having a mentor can transform your whole life. The way you used to think, the way you used to act, the way you used to carry yourself, a mentor can begin to shape and mold you and bring you to a place of helping you get to the, a, a higher place that, that God has called you to be. So when you have a mentor in that in that space, even though you may not be working, you may not be the one making all the money. At the same time, you have to be you have to be secure within who you are, and be secure with what God has called you to do. And then at the end of the day, the question is: if, Do you really truly desire to have a biblical kingdom marriage? Because if you both have desire to have a biblical kingdom marriage, regardless of who makes all the money, there's still a set order, and God only respects the order. He's not going to go outside there. He's not going to look at the wife. Well, you know what? Since you're a Proverbs 31 woman, you're making all the money. You know, your husband, he, you know, he ain't making no money right now. He's in between jobs. Now, I'm not, not at the same time, I'm not saying for those men who refuse to work. We're not talking about men who refuse to work. We're not talking about men who refuse to do anything. All they want to do is sit at home and do nothing, watch sports center. We're not talking about those kind of men. But those men who truly desire to do more, but they may not have an opportunity, they may not have the, the means or whatever, or their, their spouse may know, already know exactly what they want to do, the man's still discovering, then in that moment, the man still has to find outside help. Don't be isolated, don't be stuck. Find your mentor that can help and shape and, and help sharpen you and bring you to a place of greater understanding and awareness of who you are. At the same time, you still have to lead your, lead your, uh, your wife with integrity because it's not about the money. If it's about the money, then nobody would get married. <laughs> 
but there's a reason why she wants to be married. Regardless of the money she makes, she wants to be married for a reason. And there's always something more deeper to that, too, as far as the desire for a relationship from the get-go. That's cool. I'm glad that's the angle you took because I wanted to speak on this anyway. You said that this man needs to find a mentor. And while we're speaking about that particular man in that particular situation, right. I believe that all men need to have a mentor. Yes. Because, you know, it's somebody who knows more about everything than you do. You need somebody pouring into you. How important do you feel it is for a man in any situation, just a man, period, to have a mentor before, after, and during marriage? Yeah, it's important because we can't see everything. And since we can't see the whole situation, we can't see where we're at, we we may be blind to certain areas. A mentor who is not emotionally attached or emotionally engaged into your relationship can begin to see from a, 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 from, 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 from be able to scrutinize and look at the relationship as a whole and say, hey, I see this, I see this pattern, I notice this pattern, I notice you do this, why you do that. And they can begin to see and understand how you live your life, how you do things. So then the mentor can say, hey, there's some, there's some wisdom I can give you and offer you to help you in that area, right? Mm-hmm. So you might not have only one mentor. You have maybe three or four mentors, many mentors in different areas of your life or different facets of your life. But having a mentor shape you as far as being a man and as far as understanding, you know, being a husband and even being a, and a, being a father in a relationship is very important because it helps you develop as a person. Nobody, none of us can develop on our own. And there's, a, there's many men out there who didn't have a father figure to show them that. Or you may have a father. But you had a dysfunctional father. So the question is, who fathers you? And it happens is we all we live our life as men based off the pattern that we saw growing up, whether it was functional or dysfunctional. So for myself, seeing what even though my dad was in my life, at the same time was a lot of dysfunction. So I might say, well, at least I have my dad, but it was still dysfunctional. So I carried the dysfunction into a relationship. Didn't realize until I got married that I, there was dysfunctional in me. Because the spouse is going to bring it out to you. <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh. But at the same, same time, man, but. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, when I did, we did get a mentor mm-hmm. that was a functional mentor. That was somebody who was of integrity. That's somebody that's able to say, hey, I've been through that storm. I've been through that situation. Let me show you how to get out. Not only from an experiential standpoint, but from a biblical wisdom standpoint to give you the right kind of wisdom. Not this, hey man, you need to hit over here with a club and drag him out of hair <laughs> like the Flintstones. <laughs> but the right kind yeah, of wisdom. Say, you know, I, I talk to my boys, you know, we get together, man. I called up, you know, Pookie and them and I told them about what's going on in the house, you know. Nah, you don't need no barbershop wisdom, man. <laughs> you know, they told me, hey man, hey man, such a, man, your wife tripping. Come on, let's ro- roll with the fellas. Yeah, man. put your foot down, man. Show her, show her who's the man. <laughs> So if you do this, I bet you'll be begging for you back. And you know, I just... Oh, man, it can't be that way. It you know, I just saw DMX and Billy, man. <laughs> he, he checked his household. That's not how I can... That's not how I go, man. That's not how I go. But the thing about it, though, unfortunately, that's what a lot of men have available to them. Because it's one thing about getting a mentor, but it's another thing and having a desire to ask for help. How many men, you know, are really going to truly ask for help? That might be the one plight <laughs> of all men is asking for help, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because it takes us to be vulnerable, we step into that place of being vulnerable and be willing to embrace, invite somebody into our world to help us and shape and mold us. Then it, it causes us to be a bigger person in life. It causes us to be the man that God's called us to be to show up in a marriage and even as a father. 
And then you got to look at what example are you going to leave to other people who else outside is looking at you and looking up to you, you may not realize. So being vulnerable, man, being willing to have somebody come in and really help you out and help you grow and develop is very imperative in all facets of life. Whether you have a Fortune 500 company or whether you're just working at McDonald's, you need a mentor. Yeah, I understand that. And speaking on that, especially from a male standpoint, based on societal norms, that is a difficult thing for men because you go into this point, especially on a biblical end, because that means I have to allow this man to speak into my life, but I'm a man. I don't need no other man telling me what to do. Right. I don't because one, that makes me feel like less than a man. And then two, how I'm gonna have another man telling me how to run my household or do this or that when in actuality, like you said, it's not more of a you're coming in domineering my relationship. You're actually giving me principles and things that I can use to help shape and mold my relationship right. to possibly avoid some pitfalls that on my own, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tripping every other week, but yet <laughs> <laughs> I still feel for whatever reason that can't no other man tell me nothing. Henceforth, why you don't see a lot of men in church because they don't want to give that control, so to speak, over to another man. Because just as we expect our wives to submit to us, we have to submit to someone Yes. other than God. God is going to place someone in our life for us to submit to, to help lead and guide us. So what is it going to take for us men, just men, to grasp that fact that we need help. You know, I was thinking, <laughs> I was going to crack a joke, but I was, I was thinking that how you said earlier how the old-fashioned mindset that people have about, you know, whether a man is running the show or she's a woman, like, just staring on her place. That's the thing about it is we need that old-fashioned mentorship. We need, oh, we need the old-fashioned system of men coming in to help you out. But we have, the, but the culture says, nah, you need to be, a, you need to be your own person. You need to be doing you. Nobody can help you because it might help you. You're weak. You ain't nobody. <laughs> but I discovered, man, it's like, there's three things that, you know, all of us are looking for, you know, fulfillment in life. We're looking for happiness, whether it be, you know, in our jobs, especially in a relationship. There are three things. The one guy called them the centers of happiness, three centers of happiness. The first one, the lowest level is sensation. All of us are looking for something to make us feel good. If we feel good, then we feel empowered, we feel strong, we feel powerful, we feel like we can take over the world, we feel secure in who we are, and we're happy. Mm-hmm. But if everything every doesn't make you feel good, then what do you do? So if, you're, if that woman doesn't make you or your spouse, I don't say woman like that, but if your spouse doesn't make you feel good or do things for you to make you feel happy, then you're going to feel insecure. And then you're not going to be feeling, you're not going to feel as inadequate as, enough as a man, right? Mm-hmm. So you have sensation. It's the second level you have is, is security. So that means that as long as I have what I need, all my needs are met, I'm happy. So many men out there are looking for other people to make to meet their needs, but they're not taking it upon themselves to be a, to be to be a worker. They're not taking it upon themselves to have a desire to go out and find out what their identity is, their vision, what God has given them. So we want our needs to be met. So we might go into a relationship looking for this person to meet our needs. As long as they, they I don't care, she can make all the money she wants to. I ain't got work. It's, just, it's meet my needs. I'm secure. I'm happy now. So some men are comfortable with living that life, right? Mm-hmm. But the third level is what you just said is that people are looking for power, which is control. As long as I'm in control of everything, I can be happy. I can feel like I can feel stable. I can feel like I'm doing things. So many men don't want to let, don't want to let go of this sense of control. But the crazy part about it is that that sense of control is really a false sense of security. 
is a false sense of believing that if, if this happens, then it's going to be a result. So many men are really living in fear. They don't understand where they want to do, where they want to go. So instead of asking for help, which makes me feel vulnerable, because now I have to be exposed. You have to see my life. Like if I ask you, hey man, be my mentor, that means that I have to be vulnerable enough to share with you things I don't want to even share with my wife. Hmm. Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to be vulnerable? And many men are not ready to be vulnerable because that means you have to expose who you are, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're able to expose who you are and show up in that space of being vulnerable, then you can have somebody come in and say, well, let me help you mend those areas. Maybe you complete in these areas. But at the same time, what happens is you really become a stronger person. So you're becoming who you really, really want in actuality. At the same time, you needed somebody to like, say, oversee and say, hey, I can see something better on the horizon for you. Let me help you get there. So all of us need a Jethro, like Moses had. Mm-hmm. All of us need somebody that we can look unto that can help us prepare us for the next season of our life. If we don't find that person, if we don't find somebody that can mentor us and help us get to where we want to get to, it's going to lead to a lot of calamities. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. In the last episode, I was speaking about the self, you know, what people call toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I said I don't want to do away with that because I believe manhood innately is not toxic. It's just people being handed something that they don't know how to use. Right. Like guns. Guns are not bad, but people get them unaware of their true purpose and end up shooting and killing people. So what you just said about the three levels of of happiness, happiness, that sounds like a recipe for the so-called toxic masculinity because I'm in fear because I want the power. I need this sensation. I'm just trying to make this appears to make me feel happy, you know, on a flesh-based level, so therefore I'm exuding this power over a female, over a woman, yep. that is basically me not knowing how to be complete in myself, yep. and I'm using you as a medium to help me be medium. So, oh, so basically I'm using a woman like a drug. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically she a drug. <laughs> yeah. She make me happy, she make me feel good, so you know, and the thing about men is I have to be seen as this macho and da-da-da-da. So I exude this wrong type of power. Because yeah. you do have power in your household, but it's not that dictator, you're going to do what I want you to do type of abusive power. Right. So basically, once we, again, it ties back into when you become whole. Once a, a man discovers himself and understands the purpose that God placed in him through prayer through church through mentors and putting this through practical application right then that will help his household without question because once a man understands his identity and what we mean by identity is that all of us grow up regardless of our life experience what we've been through we create a persona we we create this person that we're going to project to the world whether it be somebody hard and tough whether it be somebody timid whether it be somebody that the, the big chill, I would have said, be always chilling all the time, you're always quiet. No. And a lot of kids I've worked with in the past for my job, I mean, I've seen some kids, man, at school, man, like hardcore kids, man. They tell me a story, I robbed this person, Mr. Hart, and then, you know, I robbed a dude, man, I did this, and I'm like, what? So I'm looking at you? How'd you do that? But here's what happened. But when you talk to them, and you really, get, really start digging into their story, you find a little boy. That's all you find. 
So this this person, this persona they created for themselves, this hope, whatever they're trying to create, is protecting the little boy. Because as long as the little boy doesn't get exposed, the little boy doesn't have to be hurt again. He doesn't have to relive that past trauma. He then he can begin to exercise his control. So he'll be, I'll, I'll be domineering. I'll, I'll tell you what to do. I'll, rule, I'll, I'll run your life. Or if you don't make me feel good, then you're out the door. I'll just abandon you and leave you to the dust. So many people, men are still trying to find their identity. And the thing is, when men don't discover who they really are and they portray this persona, then they're always going to be this fake person. And that's the big thing. I keep it 100. I keep it real. Do you? <laughs> but are we real with ourselves? No, because we're not still, we're still not showing up who we're really supposed to be. But through Christ, Christ causes us to become authentic as a man and peels away those layers of falsehood, those, those layers that we created to help people not, not harm us, to protect ourselves. You see, and that's why, it's, like you said before, that's why it's important having a mentor because the mentor can see beyond all that and I and I and I put you to shame, you know, and that's a lot of and that's another topic for another day. But shame and manhood, yeah. oh my God, it's it's crazy how we live now because you say this fake this persona that we all put on, we all putting on for somebody in one way or another. Yep. When I think about social media, it reminds me of a real life Sims game. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's right. A real that's life right. Sims game. We creating the avatars. We creating the families and all this yeah. kind of stuff. We creating our neighborhood based on our Facebook groups. So yeah. it's just a bunch of other fake people putting their avatar in, and we just have this great world. But if you look at the person behind the keyboard, they're experiencing some type of trauma. Yeah, and. From the male aspect, you see that we have these men growing up into the world without trauma because there's a lack of proper fathering in the home. Because let's say you have two types of fathers. You have, well, you have three. You have the good father. But outside of that, you have an absentee father, which me, I grew up and with my mother without a father figure at all. Mm-hmm. And then you have a shell dad. Well, they're physically there, but they're just a shell of a man. And they're not pouring into you those things. And so they're equally as destructive. Yeah. So if you are raising a child, it, it affects the female also, but the male in this aspect, and he goes on ill-equipped to be the head of anything, but by anatomy is placed in the role of a leader because as the man, you are supposed to be the head of the household. You're supposed to be leaders in your community. But if you go into that ill-equipped because even... From the home life, you've never had a model of what a Christian man is. You've never had a model of what even a good worldly man is. Because right. I spoke on the last episode, worldly men aren't horrible people. They're just half of a man because there's a spiritual aspect to manhood. So this worldly aspect that says you got to keep the lights on, take care of your family at work and do, yeah, you have to do all of that, right. but you also have to have your spiritual part in, in alignment. So if you don't have that spiritual aspect with, which basically gives you the moral values and helps your mental, your, the, your psyche, right. You're just going to have a lopsided. That's why you see these dudes out here, they going out there, they getting it. They successful. They have all the money grinding. in the world. They grinding. You know, we woke, we grinded, we yep. getting it. But yet, you have five girlfriends, you're drinking, you're doing whatever kind of drug gets you, 
Okay. You know, you can't commit because, you know, nowadays you don't have to commit. I, I just got a bunch of women and they all agree to be with me together. So it's me and them. We, you know, I got some concubines now. I'm out of That's basically what it is because yeah. I was watching, well, somebody at my job showed me an episode of uh, Jada Pinkett's show. Oh, yeah. Where it had something that I had just heard for the first time, a throttle. What? Where, uh, yeah, it was a dude, it was a relationship where it's a dude and two females who all agree to be in this relationship together. I never heard that. I mean, I heard that, that relationship, but I never heard that terminology. Yeah, I had neither one. And so while they were on the show, Jada's mom is on there and she like, y'all killing me. I, I'm not for that at all. But Willow, being a person in this generation, was like, oh, my, no, grandma, that's cool. This is, you know, and they, Society has made people think that this is choice. And while you literally are choosing it and they're making it seem like they're being empowered by having another option where we just had the option of one person, one, I'm with you, you with me. Right. They're making it seem like they're just, you know, they have other options. So why just do this? Right. And I feel that society now is attacking identity. When we were kids, the only thing your mom and dad really had to worry about is sex, drug, and lawlessness. They knew one, <laughs> of, the, one of the three of them things right. you, you're going to end up doing. You're going to start yeah. messing with somebody when you're not supposed to. You might do some drugs or drinking. Yeah. You might go to jail. Period. Yeah, that's it. You, that's it. But now, they don't care about any of that because that's all taboo. But now they're going after identity, saying you don't have to worry about the trauma and deal with the fact that you have a fear of commitment. What's commitment? Just be with two other people who are equally broken, but wrap it in the thing of YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. YOLO, you you chose this. This you're not scared of commitment. You just chose not to commit. What it is, man, it's really an affront to God. And it's really an affront to what truth is. Because everybody out there has their own truth. Like I say, people say, woke, I'm woke. <laughs> woke to what? I don't know if they're woke to, but they're woke. You know, I know what the men are doing. At the end of the day, it's, it goes back to what Miles Monroe said. When purpose is unknown, abuse is it's inevitable. inevitable. It's just a matter of time. So now, because people don't understand the purpose of the or right, the, the, the correct function from a theological standpoint, what God has called, created man to be, and understand that men and women are created, you know, to be one, not one plus one plus one is going to be one. You know, it's just one plus one. Two should become one. So now everybody's joined with each other. But the thing about it, it creates so much dysfunction because it, it, I've never seen, I've never heard of any kind of successful relationship like that working. Eventually, somebody gets mad. Eventually, they end up on the ID channel. <laughs> they end up on the ID channel, man. IHLN, they end up on, a, on one of these shows, you know, Love to Kill or whatever. And that's what happens all the time. Matter of fact, I was watching this show, man, with this, so crazy talking about this, on there. And what it was, it was this, this guy and this girl. They met, fell in love. Um, the guy had some run-ins with the law or whatever, but the girl was a good girl. She was both, both went to the same church. So that's how they met. They met at church or whatever. Going to church, doing great. And then one, another girl from the church who had a child was falling on a hard time, lost her apartment. So they, you know, the girl, hey, man, I, you, know, you come stay with us for a little bit, you know, hospitality, the hospitality. Love, come stay. 
make a long story. Then uh, they what happened was the husband did something stupid and bought his parole with the jail. While he was gone for jail for like two or three months, they developed a relationship. So now the women <laughs> developed a relationship. He comes back home and he catches the man like, man, what are y'all doing? Man, what are y'all doing? Can I join y'all? <laughs> Next thing you know, they have one of those relationships. What happens is the the um, not the husband and the wife, but the other lady decide, you know what? I want to get my son back. I want to get my life back right. I'm leaving all this. So she left all behind. The husband could have taken man. So this dude here kidnapped another woman, killed her, cut her hands off, and then sent it to the other lady. I said, "You better come back, or this is gonna happen to you." Oh my! Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that, that that's what happens. <laughs> but like, why is this happening? Well, because that stuff does not work. Because people are still, because because obviously because it's in nature and dysfunction, people don't really understand the magnitude of what happens when you get decide to get into a relationship. These are literal lives at stake, people at stake. This is not a game, it's not a chess match. This is real life. But because the world paints this facade, oh man, you know, you can hang all the girls, man. You can be doing all this stuff. You can be going to the club, man. You can be doing this and everybody gonna like you. Her one person, man, I don't need to smoke weed. But I do the hookah though. I'm like, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? You're like, you still getting the same feeling out of it. But why? Because at the end of the day, nobody really wants to face truth. So people, so the world always attacks that which is absolute truth. Mm-hmm. That which is real that attacks. Even the woman who made the song Single Ladies went home to her husband. Yeah, she was just... And hold on. And when she said she was irreplaceable, when Becky with the good hair came in, <laughs> she mended it. <laughs> <laughs> and still went home to her husband. Still went home to her husband. Even after the elevator fight. Even after still all of that. Went home still went home husband. to her husband. And that's yep. funny. And that's the thing that I know you and I are working on to see men being developed yeah because i want to see men being developed to be strong men leaders in the community and you're on the marriage side and these men are coming into relationships with women and you want those relationships to thrive so we want these men to be equipped so we want men speaking to you right now we want you all to stand up to be bold and say and to recognize that you're not as great as you thought you are that's a realization I had to come and come, come into one day when you realize that you the, you think you're the coldest person yeah. on earth. You're not a player, player, you know. <laughs> and you realize that you you're really not once you start doing things correctly. Because growing up without a father, you know, it had its trauma with me, and I had all these things that I thought about myself. And when I grew up. I end up being womanizing and whatnot, thinking I was cold in the game, doing this and doing that. And then it wasn't until years after that that I realized that I was doing that because of a fear and an incompleteness. I was insecure with myself. And instead of dealing with the fact that I need to do things for myself and do things better, I started taking that out and acted out, basically. It was a tantrum. It wasn't just, ah, me yelling, but right. I was throwing a tantrum in that. I said, you know what? Uh, this I didn't have this growing up. I didn't do this. Or this hurt me. So instead of dealing with it, I used women as a drug. Probably did drugs, too. <laughs> you know, it was all yeah. from the from the guise of instead of dealing with things right now because yeah. it's hard to deal with things, even when I knew that things weren't right with me mentally and things, it's hard to say that I have problems. It's hard to go and find that person and say, 
who is it that I could entrust with this, with my soul that I'm bearing to them and they're not going to judge me? That's the big thing, man. Like, it's hard to look for somebody and say, and you know, one, acknowledge that you have dysfunction, acknowledge that, you know, you're not where you want to be at. But also, it's very tough to ask for help because now you have to accept that you're not all, you're not what you thought you were. Because that's what happens with that. All of us, all of we come to that point where you face that, you know, come to that moment of truth or that epiphany where you realize your mask doesn't work on everybody. Some people see right through all that. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work on everybody. Every female doesn't want to hear all that. Every person you meet is not going to be like that, you know? And that's what comes down to, man. A lot of men have mental breakdowns or we had that, uh, what you call that, midlife crisis because they played this part so, for so long. And the fortunate truth is, man, a lot of men lose their identity. They lose who they really are. And they believe that this, this dysfunction is them. They believe that's who they're supposed to be. That's supposed to show up. And if you don't accept them that way, it's not their problem. It's your problem. You see what I'm saying? So now we have, that's what's really difficult right now, man, with a lot of men, especially um, with men. That's why I really had a burden to do you know, husband coaching and coach husbands too. Um, is that because what I, what I really see, man, is there are a lot of men out there who don't really understand their, who they're called to be and what God has placed within them and they're looking for somebody else to complete them. But if you come into a relationship looking for somebody to complete you, you already failed. The relationship is already not going to be workable because you're looking for somebody else to give you sensation, security, or control, you mm-hmm. see? So now there's a lot of men out there right now, unfortunately, man, that we, uh, that don't re- have no desire to really seek for more because they might not know what more is. And sometimes men are not really illuminated until somebody brings it to your attention. You may not know. You don't know. <laughs> That's why you need somebody to bring it to your attention. But like a you mentor. said, a, a mentor. Right? But are you willing to have somebody to mentor you? But like I like that word vulnerability, man, sometimes can be very scary for men because men are afraid of shame. Men are afraid to deal with that which they're, they're ashamed of the most because now it leaves them vulnerable. I heard one guy say like this. He said, no, once you share, once you meet somebody, right, you meet somebody, you're going to show them the facade. You're going to show them personality, who, you know, what you want them to see. So you're always going to show them what you want them to see. But after a while... That facade goes away, <laughs> and that person starts seeing who you really are. Yep. Right. But but here's the thing: you notice that you notice that your ugly ways are kind of showing a little bit. So you try your best not to not let them see what you don't want them to see. So you don't want them to see that you have that you leave the toilet seat up. You don't want them to see that you don't like clean up every single day. You don't want them to see that part because you have put this facade that you're this great guy. So at first level, you, you you only show them what you want them to see. Second level, you you try your best to hide what you don't want them to see. But the third level is what happens if you do share that vulnerability? What happens if you really do share that shame, that part of you that is still hurt, is still bleeding? What happens? Many men don't want to share that because of fear. And there's a fear of, I don't want to get hurt again. But also many men don't want to share that because some people may feel like, feel like man, if I share this, I'm, I'm less of a person. I no longer exist. Oh, I might even die. But if you share it, say if you step into that possibility, you do share that. What's really what would happen at the other side of that? Mm. Is it possible that if you share that, let's say with your spouse or with another person to help you out, and you share that, you're going to find out that you're not going to die. You're going to find out that nothing, nothing's really changed as far as how that person may think about you, if they're really for you. Mm. Nothing really changed. But what's happened is you, gave, you opened yourself up to really allow them to embrace your world. And what that unknown. It's that unknown. We fear that. I don't know that what it... And it's funny that... Yep. We always what if bad stuff. Mm-hmm. 
man, what if I tell her this and she leave me? What if I tell her this and she don't like me no more? Yep. Since this is made up and we imagining this, why don't we ever, what if, uh, what if I tell her and she embraces it and she actually helps me and, you know, tells me something that I need to know. She loves me anyway. Right. That's, that's it's tough clear. because like, but like one thing we know, we've learned is that sometimes people don't want to live in the moment. So we don't make up, we don't, we might, we might not say, well, what if this good happens? Because in the past, maybe you tried it to one time and it didn't work out. And that became your, you magnified that one little instance and that became the whole reason why you'll never share. I told my wife when we first was dating in very early stages, I told her straight up, just like this word for word, you would never know anything about me. <laughs> straight up. I won her over. She liked me. I'm a good dude. I didn't do, I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. But I told her straight up, you would never know everything about me. You're just not going to know. And she was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever at least that you means. Were at least, you were at least I, I was, I was 100%. But why? Because I was, I was afraid that, or if I'd be vulnerable, which you, are you going to leave right. me? I was afraid of rejection. Yeah. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to face the rejection. But let's say, you know, you try to show them what you want them to see. The second level, you, you don't, you should, you make sure you try to hide what you don't want them to see. Third level, you really share that skeleton you have in your closet. Then what's left for them to attach, be attached to? There's nothing left. The only thing left is clearing. Now, when you say, hey, I love you, it's not I love you because such and such, I just choose, I'm making a choice to love you. That's the power of really choice. That's the real power of choice. You're choosing to love somebody and be with that person regardless of the facade, regardless of all the act, regardless of all the stuff they may show. You can really tr- truly be who you are. That's the security you have. So the Bible says in Proverbs 31 that the heart of a husband safely trusts in her because she would not do him any harm. That means that man had to be safe enough yeah. to be vulnerable to his wife. That's good. That's good. We're going to get into this more. I'm going to have you as a guest again. All right. But like I said, we're, we're about man empowerment. We want to see men raised up to be leaders in their household and their community and just, and just stand up. So on my end, please connect with me at markformastery at gmail.com. That's mark the number four, mastery at gmail.com. Females, women, if you have if you're raising sons and you don't know what to do, shoot me an email. I can send you some things. We can set you up and get you on the path to raising that man because as much as you want to be a father and a mother, you're only a mother. There are some things that you might not understand. So I'm going to let Mr. Hart over here tell you how to reach him, what's his things going on, what you got going on for it. Man, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to coming back. But, yeah, if you guys are looking for any kind of relationship coaching, marriage coaching, and also, I just, I just started a program that I have not released yet, but I'm putting it together called the Vanguard Husband. That's going to be my husband coaching, man, because I have a desire to reach me. Man, I'm already coaching a client right now, so I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. So now I just want to branch out to more of that. So you can reach me at rehabmymarriage. That's rehabmymarriage at gmail.com, rehabmymarriage at gmail.com. Also, you can reach us at weareheartstrong.com. Any kind of questions you have, guys, hit up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, and we'll, we love to connect with people. We're not, a, we're not shy. We're not so big and hell in the clouds that we cannot <laughs> contact and meet people. We love talking to people all the time, man. So that goes for all the men out there, even for some of you ladies, you're listening. Hey, contact us, man. We'll help you out. All right, all right. Next time I have you, hopefully we can have the missus in with you. Yeah. Sorry, Lucy, sis, you know, you couldn't be on. We miss you. We miss you. <laughs> well, I miss you because other people listening don't know you. But, again, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed it. 
Check out Weapons of War podcast everywhere podcasts are being played. Check out Rehab My Marriage podcast everywhere podcasts are being played. This is your boy Gabe. We got Jason Hart, and we out.